It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, November 22nd, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that thinks everything's coming up Tanner Lazinski on today's show. That's true. All right. We're going to get into that game against Calgary and Phantoms Tuesday. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag on tomorrow's show, so get those questions in for us. Like I said, we are going to talk about that loss to Calgary from last night and get into a pretty solid weekend from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe, you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, Igor Zamula was sent down as we predicted. And as we'll talk yep. about later in the show, uh, deservedly so, Tanner Lazinski was brought up from Lehigh Valley and didn't get any updates on Lautner Konechny other than we'll find out uh, at some point today, a- according to the team. And so we were left with a pretty bare bones lineup for sure i mean when you start morgan frost at 1c i think you know it's going to be a struggle yeah no doubt um just so you know everybody knows viewers and listeners uh, a lot of the injured flyers were here tonight so that's why you're getting the update because they probably just had their all all their checkups to see where they're mm-hmm. at uh yeah it was going to be a battle there's no question about it and after a while, it just became a puck possession show by Calgary. There were some things that were surprising in this game. I will say, you know, as you said in the to start, Tanner Lisinski played a really good game. You know, Hayes made that one play where it was nice, and Lisinski was there for the uh, deflection. That was good. It was good to answer back being down 2-0, because uh, at that point, the Flyers didn't have a lot of life. That did give them a little bit of life, unlike the fight where I tweeted that they gave no life because they – went down none. two goals. none it didn't matter this was a weird game because like hockey could could be very deceiving uh you can get a team like calgary that's controlling the puck trying to get that fourth goal and for a while couldn't do it so the flyers did stay in the game they maybe had you know one scoring chance you know at the end there when they pulled the, the goalie but i don't I, I don't understand why they kept carter hart out after it was four two I feel like John Tortorella did that to punish the guys on the ice because, again, it didn't seem like they were playing as hard at that point. And I thought I saw Trevor Lewis kind of smirking and laughing a little bit on the bench after that fifth goal. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, why? That's That was a question for me. 
Yeah, I mean, I do think they were working really hard with the extra attacker when it was still three to two. Yes. And, you know, when that empty net goal happened, that was definitely deflating. But yeah, it just felt like a, a really strong defensive battle where that was the focus for both teams. And so mm -hmm. it was a low event game, not a ton of shots. And it was going to be a mistake that, you know, allowed one team or another to score. And sure enough, that's what it was pretty much across the board. And, uh, you know, the Flyers, I think, if they had only been able to take advantage of the power play. Now, granted, it's a depleted power play, given the personnel, but still, it's a power play. And Look, I know, mean, they, there's enough talent there. I mean, even on power play, too, you had Provorov, Sandheim. Like, you know, there's enough talent there that you should be able to get some goals on the power play. Yeah, so between those power play opportunities and the extra attacker at the end, to not get one goal out of all of that time was a, a little frustrating. And I think the big difference in this game overall. Yeah, I do think you're right. I do think it was a big difference. Uh, you know, I, I tracked, um, I was looking at shifts because it seemed like some guys weren't out there that much. There were really quick shifts. And Patrick Brown seemed to have the shortest. And he was on, I think he was on the ice for five penalties. So, you know, Yikes. it's just, you just, you look at that and you say, why is Patrick Brown getting played like this? Like, it's just, this is where I would like to see somebody from Lehigh there uh, who can maybe give them a little offensive punch, punch. But, you know, it wasn't going to be the case. So, fine. Uh, you're going to get results like this. They, they This game at, showed the Flyers' lack of speed, too. It did. Because a lot of the reason Calgary was able to win these defensive battles was not because of Will. It was because they could skate a little better and were holding on to the puck. The two-on-ones were bad, too. Like, the two-on-ones, you know, there were a few yeah. of them early. And you don't want to give the tech Calgary that much of a chance like that. Like, I get it. You're undermanned and everything. Then play a tighter game. But, you know, the two-on-ones were bad. They they were definitely not ideal. Of course, that Coleman, Backlund, Huberto line mm -hmm. was in pretty good form during this game for Calgary as well and super tough to play against the Flyers definitely struggled against them and I think that in a couple of areas there were some bright spots I would say the Flyers did much better in face-offs in this game than yes. I expected it was close to 50-50 so I'm going to give them credit for that and uh, on the other side of things, I, it was good to see Joel Farabee get on the board again. I think, you know, I was just thinking to myself in the first period, God, like this is a good game for Joel Farabee to step up, right? Like this would be a good moment for him. And then he scored later in the game. Yeah, that's so. like his bread and butter. Like that's how he used to get a lot of goals on a play like that, where he's kind of got the goalie one-on-one. -on -one. He's got a great shot. He put a little deception on it. That was terrific. Like that, you know, you felt good for him. Because I know people are starting to look at him like, hey, why aren't you getting more points? And it's like, listen, you know, he is coming back from a, a hard injury. And sometimes it still takes a while to kick in, especially, in, you know, that kind of injury. So I felt like that's, you know, probably a, uh, a nice step for him. The thing that's bad is, and some of the talk in the press box is, now that the Flyers have lost seven, they could easily lose 10 in a row. And that's what you want to 
like, stop. You've got to try and stop this. And I felt like Carter Hart did everything he could to do that. He was he was up against it almost from the very beginning, if you think about it. I think that uh, one of the interesting questions that was asked of John Tortorella after the game was, you know, do you feel like you're tiring Carter Hart out? And he was like, I don't think there's a such thing as that unless you're playing consecutive games. I think, you know, your top goalie should be ready to play in any given situation. And, you know, the next few opponents are the Caps, the Pens, and the Islanders. And I would suspect that Carter Hart would play two, if not three, of those games. Yeah, I agree. But just to give you a perspective, um, I would disagree a little bit with John on that. I know he's given like a, a patented answer there, but like Blake Coleman said in the uh, Calgary room, hey, we're still giving up too many grade eight chances with Markstrom. And Markstrom did make one really nice save when, you know, when the Flyers had the extra attacker out there before the empty netter. If, if Blake Coleman felt that way, then John Tortorella should feel that way for all the great eight chances that Carter Hart has against them because it's more than most teams. Yeah, it was a, a very weird game. Like we started off by saying in terms of it just being kind of uneventful overall. But unfortunately, a loss for the Flyers, seven in a row. We'll see if they can turn things around over the next yeah. week or and so. One more, there was one more little oddity. Um, Daryl Sutter did not do the post game. Kirk Muller did. We saw Daryl Sutter walking past us like John Tortorella did in Columbus, and Daryl Sutter just went right past everybody right, <laughs> right out of the <laughs> building. All right. Well, we are going to be talking about the Phantoms coming up next, and it might seem to you like we reversed time, and sure, we did. And yep. so you'll see some daylight in the next couple of segments, but uh, we'll get to that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports, and of course, the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, just like ours, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, it's time for Phantoms Tuesday, one of my favorite parts of the week. And man, this Phantoms team has been so much fun the mm -hmm. last few weeks. They they had a five-game winning streak going until they lost on Sunday to Springfield. But I have to say, a really strong effort in the two games against Providence. We talked about that last week in our update, that Providence was the number one team in the AHL, and it was going to be tough. They won both games. And I, I have to say, Providence is not as impressive as they were sold as. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you just catch things at the right time. The Phantoms were hot. Maybe they, 
you know, just had their number for those couple of games, but it's good. I mean, it was a good testing ground and they're over 500. So that's, you know, it's a good start. <laughs> Crazily enough, they're still near the bottom, but there are a few games behind. So maybe that'll be a part of it. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I think that you know, for the most part, they really had a strong effort going. Um, I, I think with that third game, they just need to work on adjusting the lineup a little bit better when they're playing tired. Uh, the, like, for instance, the penalty kill was eight for nine on Friday and Saturday combined, and then two for six on the Sunday. Yeah. Like, you could just tell watching the game that they were exhausted out there. One of them was a five on three, but... You know, still, I think that that's just one thing that, that they could maybe improve on. Also, I think Pat Nagel likes it better when he plays more often. Like, he'd been sitting for a while, and he was yeah. definitely rusty. I think if they're going to have him up there, they need to play him a little bit more uh, in net. I think that's fair. I mean, that there is something to be said about that. Um, but, no, I, I things are going good. I just, you know, I look at the defensive pairs. I, I wish from a development standpoint, it was different. And so like what I would do is have York and Adderd on the top pairing. I don't know. understand why Louis Belpedio is there. It doesn't really do anything for you long-term. And then I could put Wiley with Connaughton. Cause again, I don't know why you wouldn't have the guys that you're expecting to be there next year. And the year after with Wiley, maybe playing bottom minutes. Like it's just Belpedio is a plug. He's never going to be a flyer. And Kevin Connaughton, maybe he plays a few games here and there. I get it that, you know, he's liked by the coaching staff up and up with the big club, but I've got to look at development and I'm not really doing all I can with that. It's great for York um, and Adder. Sure. He's playing with a veteran for a little while. That's fine. But I think he should play with York because at some point uh, I would bring up the whole pairing. Like that's, that's my goal is to bring up that pairing, let them be the third pair for a little while for the last, I don't know, 30, 40 games of the season, something like that, and not worry about the Nick Sealers and the Belpedios, uh, what they're doing. Yeah, or you could pair one of them with Zamula while he's down there. That's true. I, th I think that's a, a good option as yeah. well. But I, I do want to talk about two of the, the key guys from this past weekend, and that's Tanner Lozinski and mm -hmm. Artem Anisimov. Uh, Anisimov had his debut for the Phantoms. He played Friday and Saturday, but it was too much, you know, for his first game back to have him play a third game. So he was right. held out of the lineup on Sunday. Uh, his debut on Friday was funny because Mike Riley was playing for Providence. And so you have these like NHL grizzled yeah. vets out there going at, at it against each other. I, I really thought Anisimov was rusty, but he got better as the game progressed on Friday, Saturday, he was, you know, just kind of there. He had a, a giveaway or two, but I, I think, you know, the effort was there. He's just getting his sea legs back yeah. and he probably needs a little bit more time. Yeah. There's, there's no question. He needs a little more time and that's fine. I mean, again, long-term, I'm not sure you're worried about having Artem Anisimov with the team, but this year, fine. If you want to bring him up there, because, uh, you just want to change things up. I, I, you know, I'm not against that. 
Yeah, on the Tanner Lazinski front, uh, you could really tell that he was going to try and make the most of his time with yeah. the Phantoms. Uh, of course, with the Lawton injury, we kind of knew that he was going to be the guy that yeah. was going to be called back up. We talked about that in you know the first segment, but at the same time, you know he he did what he had to do to be the one to get that call up back. He played a million minutes on Friday in every situation. Really nice assist on a Tyson Forster goal in that game. And then Saturday, he was just on an absolute mission. He was creating chances everywhere. Eight shots on goal in the game, had the shootout winner, uh, a golden assist in the game itself. And this breakaway goal he had was absolutely incredible. So if if you want to talk about a statement game, that was absolutely a statement game. Yeah, and that's great for him. I mean, again, probably should never have been sent down. Uh, right. So at least he, you know, he'll get that other chance. He has proven himself as far as giving the effort, showing some offense. We'll see. We'll see what kind of position he's put in when he goes up there. I mean, if it's fourth line center you know, then he doesn't get the same opportunities, but I guess it's better than nothing. You know, as far as the other key prospects that we're keeping an eye on, uh, you know, you mentioned Ronnie Adderd in the defense pairings with York. Uh, I thought he had a really solid weekend, a goal and two assists. And I thought his, his play was really strong. I thought, you know, while the power play wasn't hugely successful, I thought it looked a little improved. For the Phantoms, the puck movement was much better. The puck, you know, the puck was getting around the horn a a lot more effectively. They weren't, you know, losing the puck as much. And I felt like he was a part of that. Yeah, I I mean, I saw one play where Adder's definitely now getting a quicker release off his wrist shot, getting it on net. That's what you need to do. I think that's very helpful. That's helpful for him for down the road, and it's helpful for the Phantoms now. So that that sort of made me happy. Uh, you know, the his goal output's been really good. He um, he's just been he's he's been good, and so now we want to see, like, I want to see where he is at the twenty game mark, because at the twenty game mark, that's where I may, you know, in my mind, I might make a decision where okay. Why isn't Ronnie Adder going to get another call up? And why is Nick Sealer still playing? And, you know, those kinds of things. Is there not a spot for Ronnie Adder? You know, that's where you kind of wonder at some point where that's going to stand. And, you know, I hope he's going to get that chance. It looks like he's he's on the path, but I can't tell you he's definitely going to get the call up. And, you know, again, you know, Sealer's a lefty, so they might do something else you know i i always not worry about sealer because i know what they can do with braun but it doesn't mean torts will do that so that's that that's the other fly in the ointment is if adder's got to replace another righty then it's tougher for him to to get in there and i think with cam york it's going to be a similar situation right it's going to go a few more games than that i think it's going to be like a 30 game mark for him like we've been talking about but He's continuing to build his game away from the puck and the way the coaches were talking, you know, they want to make sure he builds consistency in all parts of his game. He's doing a really good job of recovering from mistakes on his own. Now, I think that he would get a little flustered earlier, but now that's kind of 
getting more under control. Uh, he did a lot of good things on Friday and Saturday. Even though he wasn't on the score sheet, he had an assist on Sunday. He blocked a Frick shot, which you kind of don't want to do. Those are pretty no. hard shots. Yeah, yeah. Martin Frick. So uh, I think you know that showed a lot of character in that. Frick moment. can shoot. That's the one thing he mm -hmm. can do is shoot. Uh, I would say this. You know, ideally, at the trading deadline, you know, you trade, you trade Braun. Sealer just drops down to whatever. If even if he goes to the Phantoms, it's fine. And then you've got York on the left side, Adder on the right side, and you run with that for the rest of the season. I'd like to see the coach do that because I think at that point, that's what's best for the next year. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, I just wonder then where Zamula fits in to the picture. I don't but... know if he's going to fit in. It's, you know, I, I hate to say it. I just, he just seems like an odd man out at the moment. And you got to be careful about those odd men out when they're defensemen. Like you have to really be careful about that because uh, I've seen around the league guys that have sort of, you know, been shed from other teams because they're not necessarily cutting it and they do well with the next team they go to. So I, you know, I would be very careful about it. about thinking yeah. about moving them. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it'll be a tough situation. I wonder if one of those three ends up as part of a trade at some point. I think one of them will. Yeah. I think that's entirely possible. All right. We have a bunch more to talk about related to the phantoms coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by simply safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe's advanced technology is what I love the most. I can control the system from my phone with the app and even watch the HD live stream from the security cameras or monitor the variety of wide variety of high-tech sensors in every room in an emergency 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get the priority police response don't miss our chance to save big on the only security system i recommend get 50 percent off any new simply safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl today that's their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Getting back to our weekly check-in with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, Tyson Forster finally broke through again with a goal on Friday. It was a great shot off a nice feed from Tanner Lazinski on the power play. But I kind of want to talk about this line combination they have going now uh, with Jackson Cates and mm -hmm. Tyson Forster. Uh, Lazinski played with them on Friday and Saturday. Lazinski was out Sunday, presumably, again, because of that call up. But uh, I think that that combination of the two of them is helping both of their games. It is. Um, it's it. Forster is not a big uh, passer. Like he, he's okay at it. He, it's not in his nature. And, and I think Kate's because he does the give and go and Kate's just is one of these guys that's very active has sort of brought Forster in and, and, and is in, 
helping his playmaking, helping to improve his playmaking a bit. And that's good because, again, I still don't think Forrester has enough goals to um, to make a dent as far as getting a call-up. But I do feel like if he's going to all of a sudden add this other element to his game, that'll, that'll help him at the next level when goals get tough. So I think Jackson Cates is doing something for him. And, and Cates has been great. What, what, what I think the Flyers need to figure out at some point is, is he a quadruple-A guy or should he be up there and maybe playing with his brother, looking for some chemistry that way? Because, you know, the Flyers do need more scoring for more lines. And, you know, if, Kate, if he keeps scoring, they're going to have to look at it at some point. Yeah, Jackson had a great game on Sunday individually, even though they lost. He had a goal and an assist in that one, but had, again, several great chances. And I love that chemistry. I think the idea of a call-up for him is a good one in theory. The problem is that they keep moving Kate's up the lineup. And I don't think they can justify putting Jackson in at that highest spot. No, but no one should be there either. Like, that's the reality. Well, it's true. I think maybe if some of the other guys come back like if you know jvr is back and tk is back you know don't say uh, cam atkinson because it's almost the end of november and we haven't even i did not say that name i know (laughs) but i'm saying like if you know those guys are back and they move noah down the lineup a little bit maybe it's worth giving it a shot but I, I do think both of their games have stepped up a little bit and and they both had real solid weekends uh Cooper Marodi is also helping, I think, in the lineup as well. I think he's been a help, not just to Elliot Denoye, but Zade Wisdom when they played together. And I think that while he's a a solid AHL player and is less likely to get that call up, I think he's doing the Lord's work and helping our other prospects. Right. I think ultimately that's what he's there for. But if he does have a big year, you got to look at him. Uh, maybe late in the year, just to see if you're going to keep him for next year. But he's done a really good job. He's smart. He does the right kind of chip-ins. You know, Mm -hmm. he'll create some plays. He'll get some shots on net. He's got three points in six games. Like, I like what I see out of him. And it's it's pretty much the same guy that I've always seen. It's just uh, he's a little bit of a smaller guy. And, uh, you know, unless you're scoring like crazy, teams tend to shy away from it. But he's a smart player. Yeah, he he really is. And... Uh, I look forward to more games with him, you know, especially as guys go up and down. If he gets the chance to play with different prospects, uh, I want to see kind of what that effect is moving forward. You know, he's only been playing for two weekends now. So uh, I I just want to see how the the cycle goes for him uh, over the next month or so. Uh, I do want to shout out Wyatt Wiley getting his first goal of the season on Sunday. He had had two supposed goals previously that were taken away because Oh, that's tough. Yeah. In front. And this one was finally his on Sunday. So congrats, Wyatt, finally getting that one. But yeah, yeah I think, you know, overall, again, it was a good weekend. They it just was. have to figure out how to play that third game in in a stretch and yeah. Um and you know, not get baited too much. That game on Sunday, just so many fights and you know scrums after whistles and uh it was kind of a mess and and that's why they gave up four power play goals 
in that one. So hopefully they can fix things moving forward. One thing that does not need to get fixed is Sam Urson. He is yeah. really playing well. Uh, he played Friday and Saturday. Uh, they've been using him back to back and he's loving it and says as much in the interviews. So uh, hopefully they can keep going with having him play, you know, both games in a, in a two game weekend. Yeah. He's, he's a, a just a great guy, a delight, uh, very positive attitude. Really, just when he plays, he's smart. Uh, he, he really knows how to play the angles. He, he's a guy that I do expect to be at least a pro backup, maybe a 1B, possibly. But, you know, again, there's not much room to be a 1B in the Flyers. So at some point, Sandstrom and or Urson, one of them will get moved. Yeah, I think so, too. The Phantoms are at Wilkes-Barre Scranton on Friday and home against the Rochester Americans on Saturday. So we will talk about those games next week. Our Flyers fun thing is that Tanner Lazinski breakaway goal. I've watched it about six times now. <laughs> might, might do it some more because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's again, he could surprise you, but he has good wheels and, and he has a good skill level. He does, even though he's kind of like a meat and potatoes guy the way he is now uh, at the college level. He was more of a skill guy. So it's it's nice to see that it's still in his game. That is it for us today. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to preview the Flyers versus the Caps. Uh, that should be an interesting matchup. We'll have our mailbag as well. So get in your questions. You can tweet us at Locked on Flyers. You can message us on Instagram at the same handle. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. Lots of ways to get in touch. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russum at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available on Odyssey or YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.